And Bitcoin price in gold is um, $17.8 per ounce. And the, I think I'm reading that right, Gordon. We haven't done this in a while, have we? Oh, it doesn't matter. No one uses gold. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> done this for a while. That uh, was your idea, man. Gold. Uh, that Thank was 10,000 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Literally 10,000. Um, haven't you heard of this thing called Bitcoin? It's gold 2.0. <laughs> We have a brand new podcast. Visit myprivacy.help to subscribe. Did you know you can completely control your personal information without relying on a third party? Farris, Gordon, and industry experts explain how you can reclaim control of your data, your privacy, your life. Visit myprivacy.help. Welcome to Bitcoin Basics with your hosts, Farris and Gordon. Visit bitcoinbasics.help if you need help buying and securing your Bitcoin. All right, I'm ready. You ready? Yep, go for it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your co-host, Ferris and Gordon. Uh, we are recording on the 3rd of November, 2023. The price of Bitcoin is just shy of 35000 The lock height, 815033 and Bitcoin price in gold is um, $17.8 per ounce. And the, I think I'm reading that right, Gordon. We haven't done this in a while, have we? Oh, it doesn't matter. No one uses gold. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> done this for a while. That uh, was your idea, man. Gold. <laughs> uh, that Thank was 10,000 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Literally 10,000. Um, haven't you heard of this thing called Bitcoin? It's gold 2.0. <laughs> No, we haven't recorded for a while. Uh, most of your audio listeners, for the people watching, slightly different. You're up, you're up there, and I'm down here. That's all I'll say, Faris. Um, so yeah, it's good to yeah. good to get back into it. So, what are we talking about today? Uh, we're going to talk about LastPass. So LastPass, the password manager. Um, now. Two things to talk about. One, it was hacked. We're going to detail about that. And the other is how um, it's putting crypto Bitcoiners at risk. Um, so, first of all, Gordon, um, explain the hack. What was actually hacked in LastPass? Well, we've actually already talked about this. And I would direct you to our other podcast, Faris. I'm not sure if you listened to that or not. Uh, Urena, but one. I don't know if you listen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> called my privacy, and we actually go through the LastPass hack. So uh, I'm not going to explain all that again. Um, if you are currently using LastPass, so on November the third, 2023, stop what you're doing. I don't care if you're driving. Pull off the side of the road and get off LastPass. Um, it's been hacked multiple times. LastPass shown, even to this day, they've shown gross negligence in basically not protecting the users. And essentially, if you did not have a strong password, um, yeah. unfortunately, you, you're gone. Um, so just, just for details there, the, the, what was I, when we say it was hacked, it wasn't, they got everyone's username and password. They actually got people's details, their um, personal details, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's nuanced, like all this stuff. And I suggest you listen to 
that episode, especially if you're a LastPass listener, but even if you use another password manager, you want to have a listen to it for best practices. But yeah, there there was, to cut a very long story short, um, a developer was basically hacked and uh, someone was able to get basically the LastPass vault. So mm-hmm. think of all your LastPass stuff all bundled up into sort of one zip file, compressed zip file that had that has your master password. So if you had a strong master password, you're probably okay, although you still want to get off LastPass. If you had a weak one, you're probably not okay. And um, that was about six months ago, or maybe even more than six months ago. And yes, we didn't really see any results of that. But the reason why we're talking about it now, because it was six months later, and LastPass is basically the parent company is almost dead. Um, LastPass has been taken over by a hedge fund. It's the Titanic. It's slowly sinking. It'll probably hang around for a couple of years, but it, basically the last bus is gone, which is why you want to get off it. And, but the reason why we're talking about it, we're actually now seeing that, yeah, actually people's last pass vaults were hacked and we're seeing it because people are having their Bitcoins stolen from exchanges. So they've, they've used, yeah. yeah. So Bitcoiners who are listening, if they have LastPass, first thing is get away from LastPass and obviously log in to your exchanges, whatever, and change the passwords on those exchanges, right, boards? Yeah, basically anything yeah. financial or anything important, you want to reset your password right now. And yeah. you also want to reset your 2FA more importantly. So you want to delete your 2FA and then recreate a new 2FA. So just in case, and, and I know in, in LastPass, and and now we're getting into today, today's topic because, you know, this is sort of a security privacy thing. What does it have to do with Bitcoin? A lot of Bitcoiners would store stuff like their 2FA keys, their seeds to their 24-word passphrases mm-hmm. for the hardware wallets, and all kinds of stuff in secure notes, which I must admit I did at one stage. I don't – I certainly don't do it now and haven't done it for a while. But, yeah, that's why we know LastPass has been hacked because people have had their 24-word seeds in LastPass, just as a, a note, and um, people have been able to basically download a Bitcoin wallet and recover their Bitcoin, and um, which are to their own wallet. So is that a practice Bitcoiners should avoid? So if you've moved on to Bitwarden, which is something else we cover, should you avoid using secure notes in Bitwarden as well, or well, that's the question of the day, and that's what I want to ask you. Um, as Bitcoiners and um, in terms of self-custody, we don't recommend leaving your Bitcoins on exchange. Remove them into a self-custody wallet, a wallet that you control. Um, where should you leave your 24-word seeds? Most hardware wallets have this feature. Well, all hardware wallets really have this feature mm. of if you lose your hardware wallet, it's not the end of the world. You buy a new hardware wallet and you just recover your Bitcoin by using a 24-word phrase or 12-word phrase that recovers your Bitcoin. The problem is, and I want to ask you first, well, where should we store it? So probably storing it in secure notes in LastPass is not a good idea. So what is, mm-hmm. maybe you go through some of the alternative. What are some of the options for Bitcoiners to store their 24 words? So, yeah, there, so there's the physical one where you can put them in like the, uh, the cold card steel ones. That's, that's one option, isn't it? I haven't used those myself, but I, I know you have. So that's where, yeah, you, they're engraved in steel and they're fireproof. 
Only problem with those is you can lose them or someone can find them. And if they know what they are, they know how to use them. Um, the other option is, yeah, LastPass notes. Um, and I've, uh, sorry, not, not LastPass, but say Bitwarden notes. Um, handy feature for those is you can access them anywhere in the world. Uh, another good feature. I don't think Bitwarden does this, but LastPass does. If, you know, if you have, you know, something happens to you, then, you know, within a week or something, all your login details are sent to your next of kin. You identify who you want that to be. So it's a, it was a good way of, um, legacy planning for Bitcoin. What happens to you? How did they access your private keys? Uh, that I quite liked that, that aspect. So I don't Sorry, see just the point in, of keeping, yeah. In, interrupt you there. Uh, we, we recommend Bitwinner's LastPass manager. There, there are some other LastPass managers around as well. There's one pass. Um, I like KeyPass XC, which mm. is actually an offline wallet, a little bit harder to use, but, uh, Bitwinner does have that feature, uh, where, you can set up an emergency access. So if you're in a coma or you die or something like that, uh, your next kin can get access to your stuff. So that's not a yeah. problem. Yeah. So, and this has always been, it has been a stressful thing for people is what do you do with your private keys? And like you said, the hardware, if you lose a hardware wallet, you're not too worried because you, know, you should have a backup one and then you just regenerate it with your seed phrase. Uh, where do you keep your seed phrases has always been a stress. Writing them down somewhere, um, you know, piece of paper, you know, We've been through this so many times with having a piece of paper. So I always like the option of something like a Bitwarden, very strong login password, uh, secure note. Um, yeah, I stopped that with the last pass ages ago. I stopped doing that myself. So that is, yeah, I suppose it comes down to the user. What are you comfortable using? Because let's be honest, I mean, Bitcoin, the Bitcoin world is still a very small one. Um, people would probably come across a seed phrase and you'd be lucky if one out of 10 people knew what that was and how to use it. Um, so we can be overly complex, which can mean you lose your coins. Um, and, but you don't want to be, yeah. So I think it comes down to where's your comfort level? Do you, you know, I, I remember like I've got phones where I changed the password. I can't remember what the password was. <laughs> So it's, um, yeah, it just comes down to what are you comfortable doing? And also, yeah, think of, um, legacy planning as well. Um, if you come up with something that's, you know, easy for you, but you can't do if you're next to kin, well, how's it going to affect them? So you danced around the question, which I like it. I like it. Well, I think the easy answer is give us a call for a private consultation. So that is the answer. It depends, right? Um, yeah, it for, depends for some, on the user. Yeah, for some people, a password manager, not LastPass. Uh, for other people, a metal, actually etched metal um, card, card metal metal wallet. For other people, a paper wallet. Um, for other people, multi-signature. There are ways to, for example, uh, we like the Bitbox O2. There are other hardware wallets. Mm-hmm. You could buy three of them. Uh, you could keep two. So you keep one in your study, one in your bank vault and give one to a friend. And the multi-signature means that, you know, in order to spend that Bitcoin, two or three of them have to be active. Um, you can also do that in software. It's called multi-sig. There are other options, dead man switches, all kinds of stuff. The answer, of course, the annoying answer, as Faris alluded to, is it depends. It really depends on your technical ability. Uh, it also depends on your friends and family technical ability. You might be the most technical person in the world, but if you set up this rude Goldberg machine of um, treasure island hunting, 
uh, <laughs> it's probably it's probably not only going to annoy your next of kin, but um, yeah, it's probably going to fail. So uh, estate planning and Bitcoin risk mitigation or custody planning mm. is really important, especially if you've got a decent amount of Bitcoin. And for whatever, you know, for some people, a decent amount is $1,000. For other people, it's 10000 100000 You know, that's, that's mm. obviously uh, depending on you. So the answer is it depends. What you need to do is come up with a Bitcoin custody plan, um, a custody plan of how can my next of kin get my Bitcoins if something happens to me, uh, but also um, risk mitigation against uh, the most possible probable attacks. So uh, a lot of people like using the paper wallets, which I do as well. But, you know, if you store the paper wallet in your house or a bank vault or some of that, mm-hmm. like what is the likelihood that someone gets that? And they're also, Ferris, not to go on about it, but there are also ways like a paper wallet is super convenient and low tech, but there's also a way to create a multi-sig out of your paper wallet, you actually distribute three separate paper wallets to different people and blah, blah. So there are a million options. There are a million solutions um, if you need help with that. And here's our plug. Mm. Uh, Faris, what do you do if you need help with that? Oh, give us a call. Just go to BitcoinBasics.help. And um, what do you mean no? Don't you give us a call. What are you talking about, a call, a phone call? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a term. All right. Go to BitcoinBasics.help. Click on contact us and keep an eye out for our webinars as well. We do run webinars on this stuff, but we do one-on-one consultations as well. Excellent. So uh, at the end of the day, get off LastPass. Uh, think about your Bitcoin custody, where have you got it? Um, and uh, yeah, uh, have a look out for one of our webinars. You can actually sign up if, if there's none running at the moment. You can actually sign up um, as interest. So basically, we'll notify you when the next yeah. one's available. So Bitcoin and Basics, all, a lot of help. Yeah. And sorry, one more plug for all of our subscribers, listeners. Thank you, guys. We always love hearing from you, love getting your questions. Remember to uh, ask any questions. And um, I just do want to do a plug for my book, which Gordon and Mark McKenzie helped me write called Bitcoin Begins. A Beginner's Guide to Money, Currency, and Bitcoin. I started writing this in 2017, but just out of sheer laziness, I didn't publish it until this year. Uh, This is great if um, you have family, friends that keep pestering you about Bitcoin, which is we enter a new bull market, that's going to happen. So this is just a beginner's guide to Bitcoin, all the stuff that we talk about on the show. It helps them explain this. This is actually designed for a first-year university student to understand. So that's, that's where this is going. And how people understand the fiat system, the gold system, and how what why Bitcoin is important. So if anyone asks you about Bitcoin, just flick him onto this book. It's only about nine dollars. And it is uh it is designed as a beginner's guide to Bitcoin. Yeah, thanks, Varus. Really appreciate that. And uh yeah, so head across to bitcoinbasics.help. Contact us if you need any help about what we discussed in the podcast, custody solutions or anything, basically anything to do with Bitcoin. Secondly, if you've got a question, we actually ask it on the show. There's a big red microphone button. You can actually record your question. We'll answer it. We have answered probably more than 50 questions so far, every single one of them. And thirdly, buy Ferris's book. So thanks, Ferris. Thanks, everyone. And see you in the next one. Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit bitcoinbasics.help. Disclaimer. 
Any content provided by Coin Compass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. Coin Compass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit coincompass.com for more information and please contact us.